Welcome to another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach. Here's your host, Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. Welcome back to Ask Our Parent Coach. Uh, this show is brought to you by Working With Parents, Central Ohio's leading parenting experts and coaches, where we create a safe place for parents to seek help, support on topics such as parenting, communication, relationships, and emotional intelligence. I'm Terry Manrique. And I'm Alina Greif. Our special guest today is Gaina Lowton. We are so excited to have our first guest from Australia. We, I know we've talked to women from many different parts of the world, but never from Australia. So this is our first guest. So excited to have you here today. Um, so Gaina, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Thanks, Alina. Um, I can't believe I'm the first from Australia. That's brilliant. <laughs> Um, but I'm an Australian with an English accent because originally I'm from England, so oh, it's not okay. a pure it's not a pure Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know we can't tell for sure. So. We wouldn't know the, we wouldn't know the difference. So <laughs> either way, it's um, a beautiful accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm I'm excited too. Um, just very briefly, I am a belief strategist. So. Um, I really do mentoring, but I focus on um, the belief system and how powerful that is. So we can, you can choose any subject and we can bring out the beliefs that surround that and how they are restricting um, and sometimes the opposite, how they actually can drive us forward. So, yeah, very, very powerful, our beliefs, and I don't think they're given as much credit as they need to be. Oh, well, I think it needs, totally. it needs a lot of credit. <laughs> and yeah. I, love, I love the fact that you call yourself a belief strategist. I mean, that's mm. such a cool title. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your title? I think that's just such an awesome way of you know, bringing to, to our attention that beliefs are so important and that mm. there's strategy involved, right, in working with yeah. beliefs. So tell us a little bit about how does that well, work? Well, the, the title itself was actually given to me. I will credit a lady who attended one of my trial workshops because I had all this information in my head and I wanted to somehow um, be able to deliver it. So I put a call out for some test pilots or guinea pigs um, and I got about 20 people and all different types of people and we went through this um, it was two days actually of uh, workshopping these ideas and doing exercises and then at the end I got some feedback or actually it was a couple of days later I got some feedback from one of the girls who I did know and she said to me do you realize what you're doing you know is like this and that we were talking about it. and then she said actually you're a belief strategist and I said thank you I am absolutely going to take that yeah because there are so many um there are so many people now offering so much good work mm -hmm. that to be able to stand out or just be able to offer something that um, attracts people is getting harder and harder. There are two main pots, I think. There's the coaches and there's the mentors. There's lots mm -hmm. of others as well, but coaching and mentoring has become so big. Um, I've never called myself a coach. I'm not a coach, um, but mentoring I have done for many years in different ways. And then I thought it's still mentoring, but I just really want to bring people's attention to the fact that I want to specialize just in what they believe in. Mm -hmm. And so 
that's really it was given to me I can't even say yes it's a great name I I, I came up with it because I didn't but it's it really encapsulates everything perfectly for me because obviously strategy is about planning and thinking about and being conscious about a belief system so yes it's perfect no so I mean I'm, I think I'm, it's super powerful I mean really honestly I I I, I Alina and I both believe in that. Uh, we believe that, you know, our thoughts have a lot of power to take us a certain direction or not take, a, take us a certain certain direction, right? And we have all the power to yeah. make that change. And yeah. so having you here to talk about, you know, how powerful our beliefs are and how they can affect our life, you know, is brilliant because I don't think people realize that they have that capability, for themselves, yeah. right? So they have all the power in their own hands to be able to make this change. Yeah. And you you mentioned there how powerful our thoughts are. Well, a belief is sort of a, the next level of a thought. It is a thought, but it's one that we have been thinking about so often that it's become a reality to us. So beliefs are thought, It's but they're, they're usually um, ones that have we've carried with us for a long time. Um, and the really interesting thing for me and the thing that got me into changing from just mentor to belief strategy was that we don't really know what we believe until we're confronted with something and we need to respond to it. Now, you know, you, we can talk about trivial things. I believe this, I believe that. But when it comes down to um, areas of our life that we want to change or that we're not satisfied with. So a really good one is money. Another good one is weight loss. These are sort of common things that come into people that, that people come to me with, you know, I want to be able to make more money, I'm working really hard, or I've just got a promotion, but I still can't get on top of finance, whatever it is. And what I do is I have conversations with them, not necessarily about that particular topic. Um, we will in we will bring the topic into it, but we can talk about all sorts of things. And in the replies and the conversation, I will hear the way they word their responses. Mm -hmm. And so, and then at, when they finish talking, I'll say to them, okay, so you, you believe you'll never be rich. And they'll say, well, no, I didn't say that. And I say, you did. When we spoke about this, you actually said, oh yeah, but that won't happen to me. I'll never be rich. And that's actually a common belief. I'm not enough and I'll never be rich are probably the two beliefs that I hear most. Right Now, if, if somebody is carrying, I'll never be rich, we do two things. First of all, we discuss it. I'll, I'll discuss it with that person. And first, I have had also had people saying to me, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> and it's because it's subconscious. It's not conscious. Right. And so we will have a conversation around it. When you think about that statement, what happens? What are you doing? Where, you know, what else are you thinking about? And then all of a sudden they might say, oh, my goodness, I can remember my teacher, my mom, my dad, somebody saying to me one day, well, it's no good doing that because we'll never be, you'll never be rich. You're not from a rich family. Something as innocent in one respect and, and not harmful or anything, not meant with harm, but something so powerful gets embedded. And so even though the person might not have heard it or or um, spent any time thinking about it. It was said to them by a person usually of authority or a person that they respect, and therefore it's true. A lot of the beliefs that we carry, we don't, we haven't questioned. We've just taken them on board and lived with them. What I will then do is say, "Is it true? Do you believe you'll never be rich?" And they say, "No, I don't want that belief. I don't want that belief." And so we can then look at how we can, I say, remove it from the subconscious mind. Now, 
really all that belief is, is a thought that that person has carried. More often than not, it's got a lot of emotion attached to it. And when you close your eyes and think about a belief, a newly discovered belief, you will actually feel the emotion around the belief somewhere in your body. So I take mm-hmm. them through an exercise to clear that emotion and then say to them, you no longer believe that. So what is it that you do want to believe? What is it that you do want to do? Now, it is quite, I know it sounds simple and it is quite simple, but it's also something that is not easy to do on your own simply Mm -hmm. because we don't hear ourselves. Right, exactly. Um, And often beliefs are, when we're having, when I'm having a conversation with a client, a belief might come across as um, a bit of a joke or a sarcastic comment or something that they say so quickly, that they genuinely don't hear themselves say it. You know, it's funny that you said that one of my clients, uh, after having her baby, uh, she said that she was looking in the mirror and she was like, God, you're so fat. And her husband was in the room and he said, hey, stop talking to my wife that way. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> you know? And and she looked yeah. and she was like, what? He's like, stop talking to my wife that way. You're yeah. not fat. And she's yeah. she, and she didn't even realize that she said that, right? Yeah, exactly. So we just we sometimes we just tell ourselves some things that we don't even realize we're saying to ourselves, and we're putting those limits on ourselves, or we're putting those blocks in ourselves, or these images in ourselves that not are not necessarily true, right? Yeah. Um, it's not. She just had a baby. She's not fat, <laughs> you uh, know. Exactly. So it's it is and interesting. The really the really interesting thing about that is that some people think if I say it about myself or if I say something to myself, it doesn't really matter. But in actual fact, it is as painful or as Harmful. it can be it can it doesn't all have to be yes, it doesn't always have to be negative. It could be as motivating or as harmful and painful as if somebody else said it to your face. So the fact that we whisper it or the fact that we don't even say it out loud, like a really common one is we drop something or we, you know, we, we, yeah, we drop something and we go, oh, it's so stupid, right? If ever mm-hmm. you hear anybody saying that, please say to them, you're not stupid, you just dropped your books. The power of that statement, our subconscious mind doesn't know A, whether it's true or B, whether who said it mattered. They ju- Our subconscious mind just hears it. And it goes right back into the filter that we have at the back of our neck, which is called the reticular activated, activating system or the RAS. And that is the filter that does all the work for us. And so if you can imagine, we fill this little um, filter with information and that's what it's looking, looking for. So we've told it that we're not good enough to go and get that job or we'll never be rich or I'll never be slim or whatever we've told it, even quietly without saying anything out loud, it has gone into the filter. And so that creates our behavior. Now, just going back to the RAS, the filter, if we didn't have a filter, we would probably implode. There is so much information. There are so many stimulus stimuli around that we need to have filters so that we only live in the world that we create. And a really simple way of looking at this is sometimes you've had a very innocent conversation with friends about, I don't know, a pink sports car, you know, something really sort of trivial. And within a couple of days, you'll probably see a pink sports car, even though right. you've never seen one before. <laughs> because all of a sudden, so many times. Yeah, yes, yes. So yes. What, you, what you've done there is you've added pink sports car to your filter. Your filters put the antenna up and gone, okay, we're looking for a pink sports car. And then as I say, within a, sometimes in hours, but sometimes within a couple of days, you will definitely see a pink sports car. Because prior to that, you weren't even looking for one. So why would you see one? And that's how powerful 
how, I was going to say dangerous, dangerous in that we stop ourselves limiting, how limiting what we say to ourselves or even what we believe, what we've picked up. But it does work the opposite way as well, because you can also believe that you're amazing. You can also believe that you can achieve anything. You can also, uh, you know, believe that you are enough just as you are. You don't need to add any more stuff to your life. You are who you are as you are. Now, if we believe more positive things like that, the same thing happens. Our filter will continue to look for things that will add to that to keep us awesome, to keep us enough, to keep self-doubt away. That's probably the biggest thing that I find with uh, my clients is their self-doubt. And self-doubt at the core of every self-doubt really is a belief that's not serving them. And so it's my job, if you like, is to find what it is that they're believing and then look and say, okay, where did this come from? Because we're born with no beliefs. Mm-hmm. We, bring, we, we attract them, our parents, our teachers, anybody who looks after us and cares for us are very influential, especially in our first seven yep. years of life. Mm-hmm. And you know that saying, give me the child and, and I will, uh, give me the child until he's seven and I will show you the man. Mm-hmm. So those first seven years of exposure of all yep. kinds, it's not just, you know, asking a child to be educated. It's what that child is exposed to. And that forms a personality by seven. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use Joe Dispenza's work here. Um, what he has, he says is that the personality is formed at that age. And if it's never questioned, the personality is never questioned by that child who then becomes a teenager and an adult, they will remain with those traits for the rest of their lives. Let's say they were shy at the age of seven. If they don't choose to look at being shy or you know, changing being shy, they will remain shy forever because it's a trait that has become embedded. And so very often what you'll find is that people don't really reflect on themselves until something quite drastic happens. For some people, it might be a divorce, it might be a job loss, it might be um, an illness diagnosis, it might be the loss of a loved one. I think COVID <laughs> has actually the done pandemic. for a lot of people. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I don't think any of us you know, would have put that on our list before. But I think for a lot of people, it's made us go, wow, what am I really doing? Who am I? What's my purpose? What do I want to achieve? What am I doing mm-hmm. with this person? <laughs> right. there's, all so- yeah, there's all sorts of questions um, arise. So what I try to do, or what I hope to do, is rather than wait for a disaster in somebody's life, mm-hmm. rather than wait for a, you know, a significant turning point, to try to introduce this to people now. So the reason you might be struggling now in your relationship, or the, the reason you might be struggling now in saving money, or losing weight, or finding the, you know, a good partner, might be because you have some hidden beliefs that's stopping you. And it doesn't matter. Let's just take work, for example. It doesn't matter how much effort you put in. It doesn't matter how many hours you work. It doesn't matter how much learning you do. If you've got a core belief that says you'll never achieve anything or you'll never amount to anything or you'll never be successful or you'll never have money, that one little belief will override all the action that you can possibly you know, carry out, all the energy that you've got, you can put into action. But if your belief is there, it's not going to transpire. I think the biggest blessing I've had through this journey in life is being an entrepreneur and going and reading a lot of books on 
motivational books and, you know, self, self-development, self uh, personal development, um, that really had shifted a lot of my mindset and the way I think. And I, I, I wish everybody, you know, reads and soaks in those books and reads as much as possible because it really does stop all of those negative thoughts that we have in ourselves. I mean, you when you read it again and again and again, I mean, there's, I don't really... I don't feel any of those negative thoughts about myself or, you know, I don't, I don't feel that I can't do it. I just find how there's got to be another way. If it's not this way, then there's mm-hmm. got to be another way. Right. So yeah. it's, it's those limited beliefs that we just tend to always keep putting on ourselves. And it, it, but it's, it's a tool, right. It's something that we have to practice and that we have to exercise mm-hmm on a daily basis, right? And it do, the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you start to, you know, believe in yourself, believe in circumstances, believe in what's happening. Well, one of the things I just wanted to say from what you've just said um, there, Terry, is reading the book is one thing, the, but the words don't teach. It's the actions. It's putting into place what you've just read, yeah. putting into practice what you've just read and I've met many many people yes I've met many many people who said oh I've read this book I've read that book but you can see that that's what they did they read it and it's a theory in their head it's not actually something Mm -hmm. they're going okay so if I get rejected if I get a rejection letter from you know or a rejection from work instead of letting the emotion rise up and getting cross and you know getting defensive what strategy can I put into play Mm -hmm. to actually handle rejection Mm -hmm. differently Mm -hmm. now the other thing based on what you said also is that the self-help books are absolutely brilliant I am all for them but not every exercise will create the same result for every person so excuse me what we also need to do is learn who we are. Trust in ourselves. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So the self-help book might say, you know, if you get rejected, you know, if you're feeling rejected, then do this. Whatever that is might actually feel harder than the rejection for some people. So what we need to do (laughs) is understand that, you know, getting defensive if you've been rejected, how do I respond? And what would be a better way for me to respond? And if you've got 10 people in a room, they might all choose 10 different ways. But it's the actual understanding, oh, if I'm if I'm acting like this or behaving like this, why am I behaving like that? You know, my friend, when that happens to them, they don't do that. Why do I do it? And so it's taking responsibility and, and actually looking what we're doing when something uncomfortable or something, we can feel something going against us, okay? Why do we all of a sudden stand our ground and say, no, I'm right? Well, everybody's right because there's no such thing as wrong. Absolutely. (laughs) That's so true. That's so true, right? It it just depends. It's a power of perspective, right? It depends on your perspective. And so everything you're saying, I was just thinking, you know, definitely like we believe in everything you just said. We teach that and coach our clients on that. And I think um, the implications for parents, right, when they are raising their kids and if they understand how powerful beliefs are and if they can really help their kids develop those healthy you know, uh, ways of looking at themselves, the healthy self-esteem, the ability to really understand that beliefs create your reality. And if you can help your kids do that from an early age, how much more powerful, 
right? Would they be as adults? So they don't have to struggle as much as some of us, right? Because we never learned that until later. Exactly. And look, they might not learn it till later either, the child themselves, because as parents, I've got a, I've got a daughter who's 15. And, um, you know, somebody said something to me about being a good mom. And I said, I'll know when she goes to therapy, whether I've been a good mom or not. <laughs> you know, it's, how else do you know? <laughs> and I think parents have got this Parents have got this one thing that goes against them. Not all of them, but a majority have. Kids don't want to do what their mum and dad suggest. You know, it's almost innately that kids do, oh, mum wants me to do that, so I'm going to do that. The, you know, the opposite. There's right. a lot of kids like that. And there's a very thin line between letting them be who they are mm-hmm. because they are someone and they're going to be someone and us trying to mould them into who we want them to be or hope they will be or expecting them to be. And I've only learned, I'm going to say in the last maybe three or four years from experience, that if you let the child do what it is they want to do, providing it's in within reason and nobody's at risk and you know it's not tattooing mm-hmm. your face or something ridiculous like that. But if you <laughs> let them do that, that's the best way for them to learn. And then... If they disagree with something either of the parent is saying, rather than, you know, both stand and argue and it's like, well, I'm the parent, so I'm right. It's more along the lines of why do you think that? Right. Why Why do you you think that? that? Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And they're going to say, well, you I heard you say it to daddy or I heard auntie so-and-so say it. Mm -hmm. And then you think, right. Why wouldn't they believe it? Because that's an adult. They've observed it. That's Mm -hmm. how mom and dad do it or auntie so-and-so does it why Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be true that's my world that's what I'm watching Mm -hmm. and so if I could have my time again as a new mum rather than push onto my daughter or expect from my daughter I think I would try to be a better role model because the amount of observation yes you know the, the, Mm -hmm. the amount they pick up through observation and through energy it's all very well. You can be as stressed because of work or because of money or so. You can yeah. be really, really stressed. You walk and you go, hi, sweetheart. <laughs> they don't hear That's the a- hi, sweetheart. They yeah. feel the stressed energy. Absolutely. So given if I could have my time again, I don't want another baby, by the way, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, That's what I would do. I would make sure that myself as a role model would mm-hmm. be the, the best person I can be. And so the program that I run, which is called Believe in Your Parenting, is very much based on that. Your child doesn't come into it. Who are you? What are you believing? Yeah. Why are you believing that? Why mm-hmm. are you hoping that the child will turn out to be, you know, top of the class or, right. you know, marry the right person? What, what, why is that even an issue for you? Right. You know, right, right. and that's how you delve into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can our listeners get in touch with you and work with you. Okay, so the best thing to do is my website is believeaustralia.com and my email is gainer, G-A-Y-N-O-R at believeaustralia.com. Wonderful. What I've got on there are different programs that I've created for different topics, if you like. So we've got believe in your business, believe in your heart, which is relationship, love relationship, believe in yourself, believe in your parenting, and believe in your wealth. What I would like to offer is a, a session is two hours and it's really a conversation. You know, it's nothing mm-hmm. to fear. It's a real exploratory conversation. It's two hours. Um, and I'd like to offer that to your listeners. I'm not sure how we can do this. I'm happy to have um, 
five and offer five free pe- free if you want to do some sort of you know the first five people to do something oh can you manage that for me yeah give me five five names that I'm happy to do that two yeah. hour session yeah, for that's free fine. it's also an intro session so I only charge in a, in um, American dollars I only charge about $75 anyway and okay. it gives people a taste um some people work. yes of the work of, of how I work of how some people think I'm a little bit too direct but I think well I'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> I am <laughs> because the sooner we get there the better right um but it that's that's a good um starting point great have two hours with me on zoom or mm-hmm. something online like um you know over the internet it, it, so obviously one of the things that covid did bring was it introduced everybody to online that's right communication yeah who wasn't already there which is brilliant um and one of the things terry sorry i know we're over time you did ask what tips could i give one of the a great a really really great thing for, for people to do is if there is at the moment something in their life they're not happy with, right? It could be a big thing. It could be a small thing. does not matter. Get a piece of paper and write it down at the top. You know, write down at the top of the page what it is that you're not happy with. And then over the next week, listen to yourself. Listen to your thoughts. Listen to how you speak to people, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, you know, your kids. Just listen to yourself and write down, capture as many statements that you say or think when it comes to this particular issue that you've written down so yeah it might be weight loss for example now you might think you only think about weight loss when it comes to dinner time or breakfast or whatever no you're probably thinking about weight loss all through the day it's just that you're not always it's not always at the forefront of your mind and what that what you will probably find is that you bring it into conversation. So someone might say to you, oh, have you seen that new movie, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you're saying, oh, that actress, she's so slim. So that's what I mean. It's always on your mind. Mm -hmm. So if you can write down anything and everything over a few days, ideally a week, that you think or speak about that topic, all of a sudden your mind will open. You'll think, my goodness. This is something that is subconsciously happening to me. It's in my filter. And because it's in my filter, it comes up in a lot of conversation. See what I mean? Not just that, uh, but your yeah. kids or people around you hear it. And then they internalize Absolutely. that. They internalize, they internalize yes. it. Absolutely. And they think that <laughs> yeah. it's, this is the way we should speak to ourselves or speak to others or just basically mm-hmm. what we should start believing right so thank you so much this has been such a fabulous conversation we will definitely make sure that we have you you. back on we will have all your information in the show notes and we look forward to talking with you again that's our show for today thank you so much for listening and tuning in Um, if you have any questions and you want us to answer any of your questions feel free to submit your information to info at ourparentcoach.com Um, You can also visit our website at workingwithparents.com. And remember to apply the CPR philosophy with compassion, patience, and respect with everyone you come in contact with. Join us next week for another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach with Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for sticking around all the way to the end. We really appreciate you and your time. Feel free to write a review. Let us know how we're doing. 
And if you'd like to take it a step further, give us some ratings and don't forget to hit the subscribe button to watch for future episodes.